How's it going, everyone? Uh, Dan, I don't know what the sun is. Can you cue me in? I'm I'm old and out of touch. I, this is going to be your generational time frame, man. So this is Freaks featuring Savage by Timmy Trumpet. I'm you made those names up. I've never <laughs> heard of a single one of those names. Ser- nobody's heard of Savage. No. Nope. Oh, okay. Well, is there I like have? a twenty or like a fifty-one Savage or something? I, somebody needs to fucking it, anybody that listens to this fucking podcast. Please tell me somebody's heard this fucking song. We didn't make it 30 seconds and I dropped an F-bomb. Like, yeah, this thing cannot be G-rated. No, absolutely not. Well, you know, I admire your boldness with the songs, as always, Dan. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm joined with Dan and Nick. We're continuing two for two with three three-man pods. Uh, Dan, how are you doing this week? It's another beautiful week, man. We're, uh, work's been good. We're, I'm getting a lot of players from the new boss. So, uh, you know, life is, life is pretty fucking good. It's nice being a six-figure employee. Tumble brag much? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Nick, how are you doing this week? We are alive and well, so I can't complain. We're praying to the internet gods. I can stay connected. The bar is very low for Nick, and Dan is humble bragging. It means all is right in the world. that's where i'm at and everything like that i I love i love it you Um, guys have families i have cocktails (laughs) okay oh that one's a strong one too all right this is gonna be a fun one let's have some fun so we need like an hourglass like we need a video podcast that just like ticks down to how long dan has before (laughs) the word starts slurred and we have no way dan's just agreeing to like yeah you know mark sanchez is totally a starter this year uh butt fumble is a thing with it but honestly tim tebow though stan looks fucking jacked exactly you're gonna be like picking up tebow um with your waiver priority and you picked up your breeze that wasn't me oh who picked up your breeze it was sam i'd Oh, he, ballsy. He believes. Ballsy. He's no Tom Brady. Well, you know. So Drew Brees to Carolina. I would be very excited. That'd be interesting, even though last time we saw him, he was god-awful. But I'd, I'd like to... Better than Darnold. Tweeted, well, the bar is very low with that. Yes. <laughs> Set the bar low. You can never be disappointed. This is Not true. In life. All right. Leave my dating career out of this. <laughs> As much as I would love to like go down to like that softball that Dan just locked up to me and just turn this into a dating podcast, we've got too much, you know, too many other important things to go through. Uh, we're gonna on this pod go through the second round of the superheroes uh, fantasy or rookie draft. Uh, we got a few trades to cover, and then just you know, of course, stuff that we disagree on, stuff that we want to talk about, we'll tackle along the way. So, unless you guys have anything you want to jump into, I think we're just going to start off right away. One, uh, one thing. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Ready for the fun fact of the day? Let's hear the fun fact of the day. Sony Michelle has more career rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. And they were drafted in the same class. How about that? I mean, a big, huge fucking knee injury will fucking do that to you. Hey, Armand has both those guys, so he's feeling great, right? <laughs> That's just my fun fact of the day. Oh, okay. Let's not make fun of Armand too much now. I don't need no, any no. Well, he doesn't have any picks, so this is the only shot that he's going to get. So 
Armand, if you do listen to it, how you doing? And uh, sorry for that <laughs> Saquon Barkley slander. All right, 2.1. Um, and uh, on the clock was Chris. Um, he was the worst overall team last year, even though he didn't have the first pick through various trades. He finds himself on the clock in the second round. And this, I don't know about you guys, but I th- it was an interesting pick. He went with Damian Pierce, running back uh, for the Houston Texans. Nick, I, I think you're pretty high on him. So why don't you start off on what you're feeling with this guy? I'm high on him for a redraft aspect. He landed in a spot where he's going to get a ton of opportunity. I don't like his staying power. I don't like much else about him, but his competition is dog water. So that's true. That's the only thing I like. For a team rebuilding, I don't know if it makes the most sense. If a team competing, it would have made a ton of sense because he's basically a redraft, maybe one year running back. I mean, so let's ignore the team that took him. Do you think this was the right spot where he should have went? Um, probably not. I would have taken. Maybe one, eh, maybe around this area. I would have taken okay. maybe one wide receiver above him, but wasn't a reach by any means in your mind. Well, looking at that, what went around him, not at all. Okay, Dan, what do you do? You have any thoughts on him? Uh, I would not have drafted him in this spot. With it, looking at the the roster here, yeah, there's not a whole lot of running back talent on Chris's roster. I still think this is a. I I would have gone probably Malik Willis or Pickens in this spot with it i just like nick said it's a it's a good landing situation but his staying power i think is fucking dog shit um dog water dog shit i mean we're just covering all the all the aspects around the bowl here (laughs) tonight no i would not have gone i would not have done piercer i think this was probably four or five picks too early yeah i kind of agree with everything that you guys said this sort of reminds me you know damian pierce went in the fourth round i believe of the nfl draft Kind of reminds me a bit of the Michael Carter pick, you know, for the Jets um, last year. And we saw what happened with Brees Hall this year. Um, You know, it's early, but the 2023, you know, draft class, you know, next year has a lot of running backs. You know, on paper, it looks like there could be anywhere from like four to like six guys that have first round talent and in the rookie draft and are going to be very sought after. So it could be, you know, running back apocalypse next year with terms of people getting replaced and, you know, if Pierce doesn't live up to the hype and he, besides having an opportunity, he doesn't have much going for him. So it'll be interesting to see if he can capitalize it and, you know, keep the job. I'm skeptical. Hard to argue with me. All right. Well, let's go on to the second pick. And this was made by Jer. Um, he took um, Malik Willis, quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Dan, why don't you lead us off on this one? This is definitely a future pick. With Obviously, we're not seeing anything that's going to have Malik Willis starting pretty quick. Jerry's got Darnold, which is a dumpster fire. Hertz and Zach Wilson are there. So this very much is a futures pick. Um, I What does Tannehill have left on his contract? Do any of you guys know off the top of your head? He's got like a few years, but He's after got this year, they have three years, out. but they have an out after this year. Okay, so I think this is a this is an interesting spot with Malik Willis. I think this is a I think it's a reach for Jerry, but I think it's a reach that you hope is going to pay off. And I don't know if hopes and prayers live in the second round, whereas what they do in late third, early fourth with it. But I like 
the landing spot. I like what I saw when he transferred to Liberty, um, where he was given a shot. But Liberty is such a asshat conference. I stats were okay, not flashy by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's an interesting spot here. Um, I think again, it was a little bit too early, but that's just my opinion. Nick, what do you think? Uh, I'll piggy on that. It he went above a quarterback drafted above him, so that's interesting. And Jer's roster composition, I think probably Rashad White would have made more sense. His running back's a little thin. But I guess praying for next year, since he doesn't have many picks, he's hoping this quarterback develops. I don't like it, but I get it. And quarterbacks outside the first round hit percentages, I'd say under 10%. So you're really going hopes and dreams when 2-2 is you can get some good talent. So I think it was a rough spot to go. Yeah, so I was super high on this. Or I thought this quarterback class could be sneaky, you know, ahead of it. I was kind of drinking the Kool-Aid when the media was, you know, hyping up a lot of these guys. You know, Willis was kind of the leader in that hype train. But then the NFL draft came along, and he didn't go in the first. Didn't go in the second. He fell to, like, towards the end of the third round. Um, that's, I mean, teams passed on these guys multiple times. Um, only one quarterback went in the first round. I mean, to give some more stats, I looked into this. The last 20 years in rounds two through four, the reason I did two through four is, at least recently, rounds two and three have been done on day two. Round four is, like, the start of, like, the next day um, of the or the final day three. I know that's only been going on for like the last 10 years, but just bear with me. So in the last 20 years, we've had 78 quarterbacks drafted in those rounds. Only nine of those have become multi- have become relevant for multiple years. Matt Schaub, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak uh, Prescott, and Jalen Hurts. Um, of those nine, all of them had multiple quarterbacks drafted in the first round. At least three, some had four, and one last year had five quarterbacks go in the first round. So, like, I, the NFL, like, doesn't pass on quarterbacks. I know none of you guys mentioned it, but I've heard some people say, like, oh, you could they could pass on quarterbacks and get them later. Like, that just doesn't happen. I don't think the NFL, like, all these quarterbacks went lower than Kellen Mund, Kyle Trask, and Davis Mills from last year. Like, I just, the NFL... You know, it's their job to get this right. And I, you know, they didn't like these guys. Um, Malik Willis, out of all the quarterbacks even taken um, in this third round, Matt Corral and um, Desmond Ritter, I think he's least likely to be guaranteed anything. Desmond Ritter and Kyle, and Matt Corral, I guarantee will start next year. It might not, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to be a stud, but I, I know they're going to get a chance. Um I just think it's a very, very, very risky trade or very risky, risky pick um, in the early second round with a lot of other options on board. Um, Nick, you mentioned Jared doesn't have a lot of picks, a lot of ammo. I just, I don't know. I don't think you're doing yourself favors when you're swinging for a home run when you really have just an easy hit for a double like that you can pull off with this early pick. Um, It's risky. Um, I'm... Clearly not a fan. 
Um, I get the upside, I get the potential, but I don't, I don't know. I don't like it. Any other thoughts? The real reason you didn't go past rounds four is because I would have just thrown Drew or uh, Tom Brady in your face, and it trumps everything. He was round six, though. Yeah, but he's after round four. That's why you cut it from two to four. Well, no, I just because it would get worse. Like, there's like no like. I think um, Brady and Foles, I think, are the only like relevant guys that are like missing, like outside of like this little and Tony Romo undrafted. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't help. Like Foles was a third as... round pick, FYI. Okay. Nick would know that. He went to Arizona. This is true. He brought us top five in the nation for a while with him. How do you like his deep ball? He's got a good deep ball. It's not always that, though. <laughs> oh, that Pac-12 love. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't love it. I, I think, I, I really don't see these quarterbacks working out, unfortunately. And Willis just seems like the riskiest of them all. He does, but he also... In Jair's defense, probably has the highest ceiling of them all, too. So I will throw I that. Mean, in. Mobile QBs are dangerous. All these guys taken in the second round are mobile. Willis, yeah, maybe there's mobile, the and then there's round. Willis. Yeah. I mean, Ritter is. I mean, I Ritter, agree. Ritter's mobile, but not Malik Willis mobile. We'll see. I, I don't know. Like, I loved Willis. Like, I remember in August, I was talking about Malik Willis to you guys in our group chat. I definitely was intrigued by him, but I, I don't know. He, he, When they just go this late, it's just really hard for me to see it happening. Um, you're, And even like I, of those nine guys I mentioned, hell, even throwing like Nick Foles, how many of those guys are elite like quarterbacks? You're looking at like Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Average, you know, good quarterbacks, but Schaub, Dalton, Kaepernick, Jimmy Garoppolo, like those guys are not good, like fantasy quarterbacks, or maybe they have some okay years. Jalen Hurts, we'll see, you know, he's kind of at the the crossroad. Will he last or will he be irrelevant? But like, even if these quarterbacks do hit, like there's no guarantee you're getting like an elite player at the position. Like it could just be an average person or someone like Hurts that is destined to be you know, flirting like in and out of the position in an unstable environment until his team decides to move on. I don't know. Cousins, I'm going to come to Cousins' defense just because random. He's been a starter for seven years. He's been a top yeah. 10 quarterback for five of them. I'd say that's a better than average. I mean, I, didn't I say him and Kyra were above average? Well, if I didn't, you then said, I, I fucked you up. You said it in the spreadsheet, but you said he was average on the pod. But yes. My bad. Yeah. yeah. It, Carr and Cousins definitely high end quarterback twos, but like it's it's those two, Russ and Dak. Dak, yep. And the other half is more and Hurts. I'm not really counting because we're you know let's see like if he gets if he's a quarterback next year you gotta you know Hurts clearly has proven himself and the Eagles believe in him if he makes it through next year's draft. But I'm just I don't know not jumping the gun with that I guess. All right, well, I guess we can kind of continue this conversation because at the, well, we could take a small break and then we'll continue it. At 2.3, we had a trade um, involving myself and Kevin. Um, to Nick's chagrin, it was not him and Kevin that was on the clock. 
Yeah, it took me a while to get to cipher that one today. I saw your your notes and I was like, I don't remember doing this trade at all. I don't remember having that pick at all. It was a rough day today. I confused you. My apologies. But no, it involved myself and Kevin. And I sent the fifth pick in the second round, the fifth pick in the third round for this third pick on the clock. And with that pick, I made um, the selection of George Pickens. So, Dan, I'll start with you. You can talk about the trade. You can talk about the pick. Um, have at it. Rip me a new one. Um, I, I'm not going to rip you a new one. I'm going to question the health of the receiver that you drafted. And he had missed two games um, with Georgia in 2020 with a shoulder injury. And then, obviously, tears his, his uh, ACL five ga- or four games into 2021. So, he's coming off of an ACL injury. So, he had a... Big freshman year in Georgia, had a decline, obviously, with four less games, and then hurt himself in 2021. So we have some health questions to go with it. So I think moving up to get him in this spot is aggressive. I'm, I guess I'm not as high on him as you obviously are going to be. The Pittsburgh landing spot is intriguing, but with the questions at QB, you know, obviously we've got Pickett that's going to be challenging Trubisky for the starting position. It's going to be very interesting. Deontay Johnson's out there. Um, you know, they've, we've got a strong running game. It's, I'm not, I guess I'm not as high on Pickens as other people are. That's fair. Any thoughts on the trade before I move on to the next? I, I like Kevin moves back two spots, gets a third. That is, you know, a coin flip with the talent that's left on the table. Um, I think Kevin does all right with this. Okay. Nick, over to you. Uh, any thoughts on the pick and the trade itself? Just to remind me, Pickens was the one that fell because of off-field stuff? Um, there was the rumors rumor. of that. That was the rumor leading up to the okay. draft, yeah. So, questionable off-field but he's going to a fantastic organization for it. So that kind of mute point, um, really rough quarterback situation, kind of a super crowded wide receiver room. But if the rumor mill, they're not resigning Deontay, he's got a pretty easy path to being a wide receiver one for the team, maybe not wide receiver one for dynasty, but yep. it's not a bad trade. Um, I have a feeling he might have been available to you, but I can't fault you for moving up to get your guy with what you gave up. So I know for a fact he wouldn't have been available. Um, if that's yeah. any consolation, okay, Sam, uh, Sam yeah. would have taken him 100%. But yeah, I can't fault you for moving up for your guy. I He's probably the best person on the board, maybe behind. I was trying to move up for McBride. Um, okay. I'm big on him. So when we get to him later, but he would have probably been the only person I took over him just because tight end premium. Mm-hmm. It's always good to roll the dice over a wide receiver as you have beaten that dead horse. So. Yeah, if you absolutely. No, I think for me, um, I wanted to get my guy. Um, maybe it's a little bit of an aggressive trade up, but it was just a third rounder. But for me, I think Pickens just checks all the boxes, um, you know, Went to the SEC, dominated as a freshman, had a little bit of a down year, year two, and then tore his ACL. 
Um, came back after all that this past year, and while he didn't have a great year, you know, coming back from the ACL injury, he was, I don't want to say he turned the game against Bama, but, like, he did have that big, you know, 50, 60-yard bomb that really, when the game was kind of tied, like, great catch really broke things open. Um, I think he's got a lot of talent, and um, I fully expect year one might not be great, but as you kind of alluded to, Nick, I think there could be some changes uh, with the Steelers um, going forward at the position in terms of Johnson or, you know, maybe even getting tired of Claypool's bullshit. Um, we'll see. Um, but I'm I'm very optimistic about Pickens. Um, he was someone that I was, to be honest, trying to trade up for the last few picks to get. And maybe we'll see if I'm right or wrong on this. But um, I was pretty thrilled to get him at this spot. All right. Um, let's go back and talk about quarterbacks. Um, Sam was on the clock at 2.4. And Desmond Ritter, quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, let's start with you on this one, Nick. Second round quarterback to a right, second round or third round? Second he was a third round. All, third all round. The early third. Went. Yep, early third. Early he was third. the he was the second for, quarterback off the board. Yeah, for a quarterback needy team, Sam hit gold. Two years ago on Hearst, cashed mm-hmm. it in. So I think he's just trying to pull the same. He doesn't have much draft capital, so he's got to kind of create create it. And Hearst created a shit ton of capital for him. So why not try and roll the dice again? It's not like he's got an old team where he needs to fill spots. So I don't mind it at all. I mean, tickle, tickle me surprised. I... I didn't with the fact that he's got Burrow fields and Lance with two guaranteed starters and a questionable third, obviously nobody's hundred percent sure what San Francisco will do. Trey Lance makes the obvious choice. Yep. I think Nick's right. This is a flippable guy to a desperate team that potentially might need it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not even necessarily this year. It's next year with it. Um, but I don't like, I, I mean, I get it. The, the quarterback piece where we start two QBs is a little enticing. I I think Willis went too early. I think Ritter's gone too early. I think we're just watching the, the opportunity present itself. And I'm not sure that these guys are going to fetch what Jalen Hurts fetched in previous years. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, for my money, there's still between – we talk about very shortly, but White, McBride, Robinson, and Bell, like I would have those over all the quarterbacks right now. Um, but, you know, in Ritter's favor, he's only got Mariota ahead of him. He's almost certainly going to start, you know, multiple games next year. Um, and we'll see. You know, he'll get an opportunity and probably know really quickly if this is a guy that they can build around with and work with um, just because the Falcons will probably be picked be selecting high in next year's draft and we'll see if Ritter maybe survives that or not. Um, I'm not optimistic, but you mentioned it with Willis, you know, Ritter. And when we get to Corral, like he does have rushing upside, you know, I know there was a lot of talk that Ritter was beloved by the NFL guys because he's a winner and whatever other bullshit, you know, what he did at Cincinnati. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe you buy into that, but I'm I'm not optimistic. Um, I think Sam should have gone a few other different ways with this pick. 
Yeah, I, this this whole early second round has got a couple question marks in it, but I think it's a theme for the draft is once we get past nine, maybe ten picks in the first round, everything's a fucking question mark. Yeah, I mean, and for some drafts, after a few picks, it's a question mark. Yep. All right, let's move on to the fifth pick in the second round, and this was Kevin on the clock, and... um. I think he was very annoyed with uh, Sam's selection um, ahead of him. Um, but he wound up going with Rashad White, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Dan, what do you think about this guy? I'm going to defer. Bit. I don't know fucking anything about this guy. Okay. He's, only, he's, only like played, honesty. he's only played two fucking years at Arizona State. So I'm going to let Ruth hit the Pac-12. Yeah, because he went to Arizona State. He's a douche. <laughs> but but it's weird because um, he played his junior and senior year. Senior year he hit a thousand yards. With yeah, him, he I, went to. I, go ahead. He went to a. I want to say Juco his first year. Yeah. Transferred to like a D three or D two school, and then went to ASU. Um, I mean he's good. He had a decent. I mean good career. You say thousand yards, fifteen touchdowns running last year. He's gonna be a good running back. Yard average, though. Yeah, like, he I mean, went to not... a spot that he'll definitely be the running back two behind Fournette. Um, yep. He's a pretty good receiver, really good receiver. If you look at college numbers, you don't see why really running good. backs getting forty-three catches in college. So we saw that with Gio Bernard, though he had that role last year and didn't do dick. Um, I think it's gonna be a fantastic one-two punch with White and Fournette. And that's the way the NFL is going is you just kind of have to get the one A or one B running back on the team and go with it. I think given the draft position, I would have taken them sooner because of some other questionable picks. I think it's great value. So Keyshawn Vaughn is out then in your eyes. Yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn's a bag of dicks. He's dead. Okay. That's just making sure everybody knows the Rashad Penny trade or not trade, but Rashad Penny label. Yeah, no. Definitely. Um, no, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I think, I mean, the one thing that is going to be interesting to watch is, you know, how much will he get on the field just because when you have like these vet quarterbacks and these quarterbacks that just aren't going to put up with bullshit, like you got to be able to pass protect. And that's something that for some of these running rookie running backs can take a little bit to develop. Um, and with Tom Brady, like the goal is to win and win now. So if this is his last year, if he's got two more years, like, It'll be interesting to see if White truly gets that chance. Um, but if he does, I think he's going to be awesome. Um, I don't know if he can be a three-down back, but I think if nothing else, like like you said, Nick, like kind of a one-two punch, um, you know, a two-minute drill, like flex, you know, PPR kind of machine potential guy. Yeah, like with um, McKissick, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think um, very good pick for Kevin, you know, just you know, nothing too surprising about this pick, but, um, you know, when you see some of the quarterbacks go ahead, you know, you get some nice value like this. So, solid so pick. good thing with this guy off multiple sites, he's rated as probably the best, if not top three pass to def- or pass blocking running backs. So he's going to get, there play you go. Time. There you go. He, he's good. And he got to play for an NFL coach for two years, Herm Edwards in college. So that's going to help. That's right. Granted, program to dumpster fire but it's he not did get that tutelage so i think he's gonna be great yeah i i'm well, not great but i will say he'll be a rb2 when you look at when you look at 
you know, obviously Brees Hall, you know, Kenneth Walker, like those two are the top. I know Damien Pierce went ahead of him. I know James Cook. I kind of like Rashad White, you know, third most out of all those, like that second tier. Um, is that crazy or do you guys, where do you guys stand on that? I mean, not to fight Kevin's ego at all, but everything you guys are telling me, yeah, this is probably the better pick with it. I think this is the the best pick in the second round so far that we've seen great value for potentially great return. Okay. Nick, do you buy into that at all? Or are you still like James Cook a little bit more than him? I'm or Damien Pierce, for that matter? James Cook. Uh, I'd probably have him three or four toss toss a coin with it but with I'm, pierce or with cook i'm much higher on someone that you don't like that got drafted so we will hit that in a little bit oh oh interesting i, I know where you're going Ooh, with this hashtag okay. foreshadow all right cool i like this all right well then let's move on dan you're on the clock here and you went with mr wandale robinson wide receiver for the new york giants um, Dan, we'll let you go last. So, Nick, why don't you start us off? I mean, Wondell's a fantastic wide receiver. It is super not a great offense to have wide receivers. It's crowded mm-hmm. with mediocre talent and has a less than mediocre quarterback. I know they got the new coach. They could maybe be doing something fun up there, but I again, there's other people would have gone and especially with your roster, Trey McBride would have looked really nice here. And I certainly try to trade up for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like Wondell Robinson um, a decent amount actually, but I, I can't agree with you, Nick. It does seem like a little bit of a reach um, in his favor though. You know, he has dominated his entire collegiate career briefly at Nebraska, then at Kentucky. Um, he was a stud pretty much all three years. But one thing that you didn't mention, this dude is tiny, like tiny, tiny. Um, So that'll be interesting to see just how that translates and how that works in the NFL. Um, We've seen in recent years that that size really doesn't matter um, for some of these positional players. Um, But I'm not as worried about like the quote unquote crowded depth chart. Cause I think you kind of like, you know, hit it with like an oxymoron. Like it's, it's average talent. Like, if you're just crowded with yeah, but that's a, a lot of, of money and average talent. Right. But I mean, this new staff and new regime has no ties to Kenny Galladay, has no ties to injured Sterling Shepard. You know, we'll see about Kadarius Tony and if they put up with his BS. Um, I don't think Wendell Robinson will ever be like a wide receiver one. But I mean, if he can, you know, we'll see what, you know, Brian DeBull can do. But I'm optimistic about him. I still I would have gone with some other guys, but I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't like, I don't dislike the pick for you, Dan. Um, Dan, why don't you give us your thoughts? I know you've taken him in a few leagues, so you must have a thing or two to say about this guy. Yeah, I think my big piece is this is your ideal slot guy. You look at Hunter Renfro, you look at what Cole Beasley was. This is a guy to me that is a safety blanket currently for Daniel Jones. I think that regime turns over next year. So he's a safety blanket for whoever they bring in. Slot guys, in my eyes, are undervalued in some aspects to it. And being as tiny as he is, we're going to see Wes Welker type routes for him. We're going to see, I think he's going to get a large volume of catches. And for me, if I can make up a little value in that versus some yardage, I'm going to take that. But 
anytime you can go out of the Big Ten and jump into the SEC and get more yards in your SEC career playing for fucking Kentucky than you did both years combined in Nebraska, I'm going to buy. I really like the opportunities that I think he's going to get being as small as he is and where I think he's going to fit into an offensive scheme. Yeah, the size just scares me. And oh, it a lot does. of his 100%. comparisons are Anthony Miller, and we saw how that went. Yeah, but I, I see more Wes Welker than I see Anthony Miller. Ah, you see the Wes Hall Welker a quarterback? Nice. I see what? Wasn't Wes Welker a quarterback in college? Yeah, and he was okay. a short little fucking white guy that played the slot. And well, Wandale Robinson, but... is, Robinson is a short little black guy that plays a slot. Like okay. fucking yeah, I'm. I, it's a it's I, a science. I like slot Damn. guys. Okay, I like slot guys. I think guys that have the ability to line up in the slot are that much more effective than guys that solely have to play outside spots. Well, they just by default get more peppered with targets. So. Correct, and I and in a in a PPR league, you gotta like that. Yeah, but when yeah. your dump off target is Saquon Barkley, that's gonna be rough. Hey, Sonny Michelle is better than. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes sure. now. Yeah, you even okay. brought that up. All right, I, I I like it here. That's that's my opinion. With it, I took him in three other leagues. Um, yeah. I'm a believer in this individual as a player. Okay. All right, let's move on to the two dot seven. And Steve was on the clock, and kind of the last quarterback that we've talked about. Um, he went with Mr. Matt Corral, quarterback for. Um, the Carolina Panthers. Nick, or how about Dan? You start us this time. Hopes and prayers. Yep. Hopes and prayers. The only starting quarterback you have in your roster currently, as I use a very large air quote side over here, is Mitchell Trubisky. Um, yeah, I don't feel good. I think Corral is a decent pick. I think it's a good landing spot. I don't think this is long term viable. With it, who the fuck knows what's going to happen in Carolina with that regime, what they're going to do, trade off and or trade opportunities. Eh, I don't know, man. It's he had a decent college career. I I don't know if I'm overly sold on him with it. Yeah, you go to Old Miss, you play SEC ball, you throw for 3,000 yards back to back seasons. It looks a hell of a lot better than Malik Willis' stats. It looks a hell of a lot better than Desmond Ritter's stats, but. Mm-hmm. You know, 600 yards on the ground. Okay. I just, I don't know if I'm a believer. All right. Nick, where are you at? Where do you fall on him? I mean, Steve needs everything. So if you can hit on a quarterback, more power to him. He's got a boatload of draft capital coming up. He ideally doesn't want points. So if he can have a quarterback that's sitting and we have been harping it pretty much the last four months any quarterback who goes in the first round of carolina is probably one one yeah so it's not first round but it's quarterback to be starting for carolina and mm-hmm. get him at two seven and he doesn't want points that's a win-win yeah that's that's a great perspective actually um yeah i mean i obviously think it's a reach but i think like you said steve just has so much draft capital he's not like sam and chair with limited draft capital in the future so while i don't love the pick Steve can afford to gamble and Corella actually out of all these quarterbacks, I feel most confident in him starting at some points, you know, just because this regime has benched Sam Darnold and that is his competition. So 
if Corral doesn't start or Corral comes in and sucks, like that's on him. Um, and he probably won't work out, but at the very least, it's a great, um, he's got a lot of talent around him. So, you know, for his sake, let's hope it works. And for Steve's sake, let's hope, Steve's sake, let's hope it works. Um, but I don't, you know, it's, it's fine. How many steaks did you order right there? Way too many. Okay. As long as they're all rare or medium rare, we're all good. Oh, of course. All right. Um, 2.8. Chris is back on the clock, and he took um, Nick's uh, love child, um, Trey McBride, tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Nick, you're very passionate about this guy. Why are you so optimistic um, about him? And, you know, where do you see him, or how do you see him kind of progressing in the NFL? You're muted if you're talking. Oh, she's quiet. Oh, no. Did he disconnect? Oh, no. oh. <laughs> oh, so small panic moment. He fucking dominated in college. Mm-hmm. Like for one dominated. Year. 90 receptions, 1100 yards as a tight end in one year. 157 for 2000 in two years. And he didn't play one because of COVID. So he dominated. Yes, it wasn't one of the major colleges, not mm-hmm. major competition. He's just freaking good. Draft capital proves it. That Cardinals offense, although super crowded, I wasn't particularly high on the landing spot. He's facing Ertz, who probably his last year, Ertz was a wider or tight end one last year. So Cardinals like use the spot for a tight end premium to get him to lock that spot up. I think he's going to be a perennial top 12 which doesn't take much but plug and play tight end for the next 10 years is always really nice and i think that's him so i think easily the best value in the second round so go ahead so i mean this is really all i want to say like i'm i'm pretty optimistic about trey mcbride as well um i was trying to move up for him as well um but chris not only didn't respond he responded 10 days after he made the pick um, rejecting my offer. So that was a fun conversation. I really appreciate that, Chris. <laughs> He'll eventually uh, be on the pod with us. I know he, well, I, he, we will orchestrate that so that he can be a voice on the pod. We will schedule it and he'll show up seven days later. <laughs> so that'll be great. No, but um, all I want to say is the so last year he won the John Mackey Award, which is the, uh, awarded to the nation's top tight end in college football. Um, I'm going to tell you the last four winners. Um, in 2019, you had Harrison Bryant, who gives a shit. Here's the other three winners. 2020, Kyle Pitts. 2018, TJ Hawkinson. 2017, Mark Andrews. Um, Trey McBride's really good. Um, I Landing spot is actually great. I, I don't care. I think he's going to kind of follow the Dallas Goddard sort of progression. Um, we'll maybe see some glimpses this year. And then, you know, ironically enough, he will take over Zach Ertz's um, position and, you know, the team spot. Um, in the near future. So I like this pick a lot for Chris. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'4", 260. I mean, this is a fucking massive motherfucker with it. You're right. The conference doesn't exactly do him well, but he had 1,100 yards. He only found the end zone one time. But, I mean, if you'd have doubled his 2019 stats, where he played 45 games, if you go to 90 hits, over 1,000 yards that he had, uh, would have been eight touchdowns. I'm not as high on the landing spot just because Ertz is still there, but 
Mm-hmm. Like Nick said, I think this is a one year thing where we don't we see him get acclimated to the NFL in the offense. And then I think we see big things going forward out of him. So I like to pick, um, you know, looking back at it, I'm still not upset that I didn't take him where I, where I took Wandell. But this is a very solid pick. And I think Chris gets super good value um, with this pick in this spot. And again, you're looking for a team that doesn't want points. So a stud being behind a old great tight end for a year is honestly not a bad thing a win-win also fun fact the dude is a freak athlete he holds his high school's record for points scored in basketball career home run career home runs career rbis and tackles oh my and and here i thought i came up with all the fun facts for the evening fucking nick shows up for another two fun po- fact two right? podcasts and he fucking outdoes me go ahead First NFL other, player right. raised from a same-sex marriage. I'm on his Wikipedia page. I thought that was kind of crazy. Huh, that is kind of I'll, interesting. I'll give you a fun fact here, and Chris will appreciate this. The house that Hambrook lives in was previously owned by Percy Harvin. Hmm. Well, we got a Rockefeller. I don't know where to go with this, but... We got a Rockefeller in our league, then, is what you're telling me. That, that, that was one of those ones where he shared with me when I met him in person. And this is my now bringing it to the team. Yep. Lives in the house that Percy Harvin used to live in. All right. Yeah. RIP headaches. Players, Aaron Hernandez probably murdered someone there. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's move on to 2.9. And Zane was on the clock. And this one might be an interesting conversation because he went with Zamir White running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to guess, Nick, this was the guy you were mentioning. Or you were alluding Correct. to? Yep. You're very high on him. Um, I'm I not very high. high, but well, you're given... considering him the third or fourth running back in this class, right? Well, yeah, but look at the running backs in this class. I mean, still though, we saw Rashad White, Damian Pierce, and James Cook go ahead of him. Um, what 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 kind of uh, intrigues you on him? Is this the player itself, the landing spot, or both? The landing spot helps. They didn't okay. renew the fifth year for Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. new regime they went, got their guy fourth round capital for running backs not terrible that's going to be somewhat the new norm third fourth round second round running backs will be viewed like first round running backs so the draft capital I don't worry too much last year he was in a pretty good committee and led all of them as the Georgia running backs so that's top quality people he's playing he's Better than James Cook. James Cook went way above him. I just, he's good. There's no denying it. His tape is amazing. And he's got a good coach that has schemed any running back to be relevant. Granted, they do it by five running backs at a time, so you don't want him, but McDaniels knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think the the fact that McDaniels is there where you're, you're not sure what running back is going to be relevant in a specific offense, especially coming out of New England, is concerning. And I, I'm not so much concerned that they didn't pick up the Josh Jacobs fifth-year option because I think, as Nick and I have talked about, we're, for those of you that need to figure <laughs> out which Nick we're talking about, it's the same thing as almost a, a franchise tag. It's really what it truly is. I think they find a way to get it done. I don't think Jacobs is done in uh, Las Vegas. I think White plays second fiddle. With this, he's definitely the guy that catches balls out of the out of the backfield, so that's a little knock on him. But I'm 
I guess I'm not as high here. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, Dan. I mean, ultimately, he was the eighth running back drafted, you know, in the middle of the fourth round. Um, he has, you know, his career at Georgia was solid, sure. But I just, I don't know. I don't see anything that, like, leads me to believe, like, he's going to, you know, either take over this backfield or, you know, become, like, kind of a lead guy at some point. Um, and, I mean, you kind of hit the nail head on, nail on a head, too, with this is – you know, coming from the Patriots regime, you know, is McDaniels going to kind of view this running back system how, you know, we saw in New England just with rotating it around? Um, and if that's the case, you know, we'll see. Like, no one is going to be relevant or it's going to be a very frustrating backfield to own because we don't know who's going to be the dominant one. Um, I'm also with you. I'm a little bit higher on, um, you know, Josh Jacobs. And I don't think, you know, declining the fifth round option or fifth round about fifth year option necessarily means anything one way or the other. Um, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's been packing and doing a lot of stuff this week. So I'm running on fumes. So I might as, I might as well be drinking at this point, but unfortunately no, I'm as sober as a Fox. Um, But I I think this was, (laughs) I think this was said tire driving is worse than drunk driving. So, that is a go with that. True. I believe that. Um, but no, I just think this was a reach for Zane. Um, if you're going to go with a running back, I mean, I don't know. I would rather have gone with, honestly, Brian Robinson or Tyrion Davis Price if you're going to go that route. Um, at least those two teams, like landing spots, are more um, shown to like teams that want to run the ball and have run it successfully. Um, or, you know, go wide receiver and go with, you know, the next two guys that we're going to talk about um, very shortly. Um, I don't know. Not a, not a big fan. Nick, do you want the hammer on any of this conversation for this guy? No, I don't care enough. Okay. So that, that kind of says it all right. Um, all right, let's move on to 2.10. And Nick, you were on the clock and you went with David Bell, um, wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Um, let's just start with you and your kind of reasoning with this pick and, you know, what you see in Bell. Um, given what was left, it was between him and Michi. Bell's just bigger, faster, stronger, better quarterback. (laughs) He's tied to Watson for at least four years. So I'll take that all day. And it is Bell and... I don't even know who their other wide receivers are in Cleveland. Cut Landry. Oh, yeah, they got Cooper. So it's Bell and Cooper. Landry's gone. It's a good landing spot for 210 talent available. I think he was best player available. I don't disagree with that. I think this is a – his injury history where he's had a couple different injuries between head, shoulder, and, and thigh is – um. Shoulders, knees, and toes. Okay, thank you. Um, But he's had great stats out of the Big Ten. And Big Ten is one of those ones where I think a lot of people take it as a joke of a football conference just because they never actually amount to anything with it. It's it's, You're going to get fucking murdered saying that. I know. But (laughs) but the last time Wisconsin did anything in a fucking, like, actual game is, what, nothing? When was the last time Ohio State won an actual, like, national championship michigan choked the last couple of years 
but he's looked good playing out of Purdue, which isn't even any of the teams that I've talked about being relevant to this. I mean, look at his stats and who's throwing him the ball. Oh, they're That's fantastic. The they're unfucking believable with that, which like, I think this is the best opportunity. I think this is another one of the top couple picks made in the round at this spot. Yeah. I mean, I, David Bell had a dominant, you know, collegiate career, um, three straight years, um, was extremely successful. Um, you know, when Rondale Moore was there, you know, didn't, it wasn't quite just the Rondale Moore show. Like David Bell was really good. Um, the one just sort of interesting thing with him is, you know, six months ago, a year ago, like he was getting, you know, hype for the first round and, you know, was, you know, in the Debbie community and dynasty community was very like sort of highly sought after because we thought he was going to be a very top pick. Um, that didn't happen. He fell to all the way to the end of the third round. So um, it'll just be interesting to see, like, you know, can he maybe rebound and be like that top guy and like show the Debbie community was right. Dynasty community was right. Or is this going to be, you know, the NFL is right. He's just a third rounder and you're going to probably forget about him in a year or two. I don't know. I hope not because it's always nice seeing, you know, people from Purdue, like not Georgia or Alabama um, places dominating um, at the wide receiver position or Ohio state for that matter. Um, yeah. His combine did him no favors. A four, six, five no. as a wide receiver. is God awful. No, he is not an ath- uh, extremely athletic, and you know that that's a deal breaker nowadays. So it'll be interesting to see if he can translate, you know, onto the field and just be a better football player than a athlete. I guess. I don't know. Um, two dot eleven. Stefan's on the clock, and he went with is it John Mechi or Michi? I say Michi. I think it's Michi. I've yeah. heard it both ways. I'll be honest. Okay, John M., uh, wide receiver for the Houston Texans. Um, tore his ACL late in the season last year, so it'll be interesting to see if he even gets on the field. Um, but how do you guys feel about this pick, um, you know, the second-to-last pick in the second round? Well, I mean, for I was a guy between Bell and him, so... Okay. Sorry, I was, I was between Bell and him, so that's how I feel. Okay. Like, landing spot's fantastic. Cook's probably on the way out. It'll be him and Nico Collins. Yeah, it's it's, it's it, for a guy that's got a name like Travis Kels, because everybody says his fucking name wrong. Um, John Mechie, I think, is a very solid place with Houston. I really like the landing spot for him. I like the opportunity he's going to get. Hate the quarterback situation because nobody knows what's going to happen with um, Davis Mills. Are the Texans going to bring somebody in next year? Is this a Baker Mayfield landing spot? I think there's a lot of things that are up in the air about what's going to happen here in Houston, but. He put up numbers, not as many things in the end zone, but from a yardage and productive standpoint, I think he did really well. Um, I like Bell a lot better than I like Mechie, but yeah, that's that's my two cents. Michi, Mechie. Yeah, I don't, I don't I'm really... in. I'm two and a half drinks in. We're life's good. Fuck it. All right. Yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on him. It's fine. It's. I feel like this was kind of the cutoff at this point when you look at the board. Um, I don't really feel passionately about a lot of the guys right now. It's kind of the next tier. Um, so with that said, Dan, let's go to you with 2.12 on the clock. Um, you took Isaiah Spiller running back for the LA Chargers. Um, what was kind of your mindset with this last pick? I love this landing spot. I, I know Austin Eckler is kind of a big name. It's a guy that's really showcased a lot of talent. But Jack, uh Jackson, what's his 
what's Jackson's the first name? Justin Jackson. Justin, Justin Jackson has done shit. Like this is a prime time RB two. I I I really like the talent here. Uh, over a thousand yards, two years, just shy of a thousand yards in his freshman year. A lot of opportunities. He's a decent receiving back. I just I think the landing spots fit spectacular. I think the Chargers are an up and coming team. Um, I, to me, I thought this was I was between two people here probably at uh, 2.12. I went with the guy I thought that was maybe a higher upside, lower floor than the other guy, but I really like Isaiah Spiller here. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I feel like he's very similar to David Bell in a lot of aspects. Um, two months ago, he was, what, contending for top three RB um, in this draft, you know, with along with Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker. You know, some people were saying he's RB1, you know, depending on where you look. Um, and then, of course, he tumbles all the way down to round four. Um, like David Bell, just an absolute awful combine performance. You know, slow as molasses, um, which isn't great for a running back. Um, but, you know, then to his point, like, he kind of dominated still, like, in the SEC and was very consistent, you know, throughout his career. So the landing spot is great, you know, like you mentioned, Dan. Um, I don't hate the pick. You know, I think this is kind of a point in the draft where there's, you know, you, you can't really quibble for, like, the next, like, six to ten selections because they're all kind of the same um nick anything you want to add or talk about yeah i tried moving to get this fucking pick spot and whoever wouldn't budge it's not who i would have gone with okay you can't fault it running backs you need the lottery tickets you don't have much depth at running back if Eckler goes down he potentially could be a running back one so i can't fault it just not what i would have gone with that's really all I have. I mean, let's see. Do you have, I mean, do you want to say who you were thinking with this pick? I mean, I know we, the draft doesn't start up um, until August, you know, right around the second week of preseason. So a lot can happen. But who were you Absolutely if you wanted not. to? Because okay. <laughs> I know there's two people and I have the 12th pick and the third. So I doubt I get them. But if by some miracle it happens, I don't want to speak his name into existence. All right. What position? Nope. No. <laughs> he right wanted Sam Hall. That's not who I would have gone with there. But yeah, I mean, I, I have zero issue sharing where I would have gone here as the opposite pick. Okay. Jelani, Jelani Woods. Okay. That's my, that's where I was at. I think Indy's a huge good landing spot for this. I don't think Molly Cox is spectacular by the stretch of the imagination. I really like, obviously this is the tight end position. This is the second guy that might be coming off the board with it. I really like Jelani Woods here. Yeah, he definitely, he's an intriguing one. Just, he's got all the physical tools. He's like the opposite spiller in that regards. Um, six, but, seven, the dude's fucking huge. Yeah. And he's an athletic freak, but he never really was a good football player. So that's, that would have been a fun pick. Because do those guys translate? I don't know. I mean, look at um, Njoku. David Njoku was a athletic freak. I think it was a bad landing spot in Cleveland. He was a first-round pick, though. Yeah. It's true. He was drafted when he was, like, 22. Like, the dude was super young. Like, Jelani's, like, an older tight end, too. 
Basically, right. that was an awful comparison, Dan. What do you think? Thank you. I'm yeah, go ahead that was and... really bad. That's like I'm saying just gonna Ebron win. is worth a first-round pick. So I'm going to pick up the drink right beside me, and which is half gone already, and I'll let you guys kind of figure your shit out. All right. Well, we've wrapped up the second round. I mean, is there – when you look at, like, kind of the players that were taken, you know, where they went, went is there one guy that you feel, like, if you had to – I don't, I don't want to say about your life, but like you feel really confident like this player is going to work out in the NFL. Who would you take? Work out for their career or have a fantastic year one? And No, for, for their career. Like you think, you know, three years from now, like this guy's going to be like a pro bowler. Easy. Trey McBride. Daniel? David Bell. Interesting. Taking that over Wandale Robinson. It's it's tough. I, I there's too many pieces that hinge on Robinson with the career change that I think is going to happen at quarterback in New York. Slot receivers are a guy's best friend, but I think fuck tight ends and everything like that. Nick, you appreciate that. Um, I like Bell. He's got many more years with Watson, who I think is night and day better than fucking. Um, Daniel Jones, and I'm a Daniel Jones owner too, so it fucking pains me to say that. But well, it's also a proof that you have common sense. But continue. I'm gonna go through and uh, like, yeah, outside of Robinson, I like I like Bell. I know it's my pick, but I'm gonna go with Pickens. I just think he checks way too many boxes. He would have been, I think, right around ten or eleven overall in this draft for me. Um, I. Got to go down with the ship. I'm I'm that high on him. Um, Nick, you might not want to answer this because you don't want to speak it into existence, but you can bullshit us. Um, besides Jelani Woods, Dan, and you know Nick, if you want to talk about it, are there any players like you got your eye on? You know, into round three that you think will either come off the board or you're excited to see them in preseason because maybe they could move up. You know, what who are you looking at? So this may or may not be my guy. Okay. But uh, Ingram, I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Keontae uh, Ingram, running back for the Arizona, Arizona. Trails. Yeah, he yep. was, he's super interesting. Great offense again. Mm-hmm. Connor, I think, had a fluke year. Goal line back. No one else behind him. Ingram's really interesting. And I like him probably the, in the third round, I should say. He looks good. That's <laughs> fair. What about you, Dan? Um, I think outside of Jelani Woods, Alec Pierce, I just think Indy's got a couple options here with T.Y. Hilton moving on. Um, I still think Michael Pittman's in the one as I've obviously traded for him. But I think Indy is a offense that has some pieces that could use a small upgrade off of what they have right now. Um, so between Pierce and Jelani Woods, those are my guys. Yeah, it's uh, Pierce is a good call. I was actually surprised he didn't go in the second round. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not super, super into him, but I think he's probably my favorite to be the, the first pick in the third round. Um, just early ish second round pick, you know, wide receiver to the Colts, you know, outside of Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, like this offense is open for possibilities. Um, Pierce could really benefit, you know, with Matt Ryan and this offense, you know, maybe taking a step forward, to, uh, you know, being a little bit more competent and being maybe a little more consistently explosive i don't know um but i'm with you on pierce i think that's a good call i think the other guy too is jalen tolbert 
I yeah. you have to like Dallas's offense if you don't. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they they moved on from Murray Cooper. They kept Michael Gallup. I mean, CD Lamb's right there. They've got Blake Jarwin. They've got a ton of weapons. So I think Tolbert might get lost in the lost in the woods with part of this. But I think being a part of this offense is super intriguing um, for Tolbert. So I think Tolbert's my dark horse. I think one other guy that interests me, um, and I'm I'm actually just kind of shocked, like just in general, like the lack of buzz for him. But Tyrion Davis Price, running back for the San Francisco 49ers, um, he went in the third round like a year ago. Um, Mr. God, what the fuck? Trey Sermon went in the third round. Like in some drafts, he was a, a first round draft pick. You know, in most drafts, he went in the second round. And now just because Elijah Mitchell like had a good year, um, you know, a really good year, um, we're out on him. I mean, we've seen this game from Shanahan. Anyone that is a running back will get their chance and will produce. So, uh, I mean, he's someone I was also sort of surprised and creep into the second round. And it'll be interesting to see like if the hype builds like over the next couple of months for him or how things are looking come August because he just. It's like. There are spots that are just guarantees to work out, you know, as long as you're not Trey Sermon and a historical bust and San Francisco running or Kyle Shanahan running back is one of them. So he'll, he's someone I want to watch. So just because I have nothing better to do with my life as we do this yeah. podcast. So I'm I subscribe to some of these guys that do part of this and, you know, Philip Lindsay, it looks like he's going to sign with Indianapolis. Yeah. So another wrinkle there. Tariq Cohen is dead to the world. Um, David Bell appears to be the Browns guy. Mm-hmm. Traylon Burks is under contract. Pierre Strong is in the new James White mold. So um, interesting. Looks like, yep, looks like this Pierre Strong. James White's potential. still there. Long term replacement for James White. So I think that's a that's another interesting name that exists on the draft board right now. But Godspeed to whoever fucking wants to pick a running back out of New England. You're playing with fire. True story. Um, I All right, know. what's left? I mean, at this point, we've got a few months, to basically three months until the, sec- the third round will pick up. You know, we'll have training camp, we'll have some preseason games. So a lot of time for shit to get crazy. I mean, anything from your guys, you know, last minute predictions, calls, things you want to say or you're. You know, you're just looking forward to in general doesn't have to be rookie related. Um, you know, we'll probably have some sort of pod, but at this point, probably not till closer to July or June, late June, I'm guessing. Like, you know, there's not going to be a ton to talk about. No, unless it's a predictions pod or a like far fetched big reach pod. And we're on we're in dull season for us. There's not a lot of happening unless we see trades go down in the NFL, which we could have a trade special happen with that. But. I think we're in we're in stagnant territory right now. Nick, anything from your end, or are you disconnected? No. <laughs> here. It, there's not. We're in a lull. I think there'll be a good bit of trading. I know I've been inquiring, so there could be some movement coming. Ooh, close to anything? Anything you want to tease to not at all. Adam Schefter on? Oh, damn. No, I'll go with this. This this uh, podcast is brought to you by Spectrum Business Internet, where Ruth Farms, or Ruth no, Family Homes, Ruth Family Homes, fuck douche canoe. You 
douche canoed me. I'm a couple drinks in tonight. The fact that I got your last name right is fucking fantastic in my world. It's one syllable. So it's weird, but... Yes, it's one syllable. How do you get that wrong? I have two syllables. Weber. Fuck it. Yep, I fucking crushed it. All right, well, and that let's note, yeah, let's wrap this yep, up so I can we have another work. drink. But we know, we know we there's one more trade. trade. There's one more trade. We got a trade. Oh, fuck, fuck, you're right. One more trade. My my apologies. So this one just went down, I think, last night or two days ago. I don't even know. Everything blurs together uh, nowadays. It was yesterday. So um, this, this involved you, Nick, and Jerry. And Nick, you sent the third pick in the sixth round, the third pick in the fourth round, Switch and a 20... Third pick. Sixth pick in the third round, not six, third pick in the sixth round. <laughs> I blame Six pick in the third round, third uh, pick in the fourth round, and a 2023 fourth round draft pick. And Jer sent LaVisca Chenault and one Fab Dollar, of course. Um, Dan, why don't you thought us, about, why don't you start us off with your thoughts on this one? God bless the Fab Dollars. That's all I'm saying is that's the most important thing in all these trades. I mean, this is obviously huge on Nixon. You get a player that's been in the league a couple of years that is part of an offense that has the potential to be explosive, but Chenault has shown us that even without top tier talent with coming from injuries and given the opportunity, he didn't perform. But at the end of the day, you have something that you see and know versus empty future. So I I like the Chenault pick. I like acquiring Chenault. Um, the dollar and fab though is the fucking big winner here. Nick's got a couple dollars in fab this off season. So he's better than every one of you other motherfuckers in this league. And I'll stick to that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cheer continues to be the toughest egg to crack in this league. Uh, just when you think, you know, him, he zigs left or he jukes, right. Um, you know, the only thing I can think of is he just thinks Chenault is, a bust is done, his dumpster fire is awful. And, you know, in fairness, he wasn't great last year, but I think everyone in Jacksonville just kind of gets a pass, you know, from that Urban Meyer stench and stink that they dealt with. Um, it was just awful. Um, so I think that's what you're banking on because his rookie year was very promising in the NFL. You know, a year ago, Chenault sure laughs at this offer. Like, Jer's asking for, you know, a high second, maybe even a first round draft pick, you know, just because that's how Jerry usually views his wide receivers. Um, so I think for this, you know, you just got to think Chenault's over with. And, you know, this is kind of just my old like rule of thumb or adage. But anytime like you need to have like multiple fourth round picks added to a deal to get it done, like you need to stop negotiating, pull up like the mirror and just say, God, I lost this deal and just say it to yourself like five times because like really fourth round draft picks, like don't get me wrong, they're important, but like multiple fourth round draft picks are just like, you know, clubbing a baby seal. It's just, it's sad and unnecessary. Um, So Nick, I think this is great for you. Um, It's, you know, I think there'll be a decent player probably available with the, the sixth pick in the third round, but I really doubt it's better than Chenault and what he could potentially bring to the table. Um, so Nick, uh, you want to jump in with your thoughts and just kind of the trade in general? Yeah. Uh, he put him on the block. I offered cause you never know. Like you said, last year is complete right off for any Jaguar. Meyer sucked. Urban Meyer's gone. He had an exciting, I guess, first year that kind of, what if 
it takes off. So for the value, I couldn't beat it. Um, I know for pretty much a fact at 3.6, get the guy I want. So that hurt a little, but 3.12, there's a chance, so I didn't mind it. And I have more draft picks than roster spots. So if I could dump three of them for a guy I like, I think has promise, I'll do it all day. If I could ask, was there a lot of negotiating with this deal, or was it a pretty easy one to get done? So it was a weird, it's weird, um, as everyone knows, doing trade offers. I offered a 3 6, 4 3, and then another fourth this year. It came back as my two thirds and a fourth. I wanted my guys, so I wouldn't move a third. I don't have a third next year. Jared came back with this offer, so I took it. I think we view next year's draft class as a little bit more like enticing. So yeah, I think so getting that a fourth. Be, I, I think that Jerry's only upside is to moving to 2024. And I know that because of 2023. Yeah, that's what I meant. But 2023. Yes. Yeah, so the two fourths this year, I'd probably view a fourth next year worth more than a fourth <laughs> this year just because yep. of draft class. So I don't fault them. And I yeah, obviously yeah. view Chenault as more value, but if he didn't, at least he got some capital for it. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that's fair all around. Although, I mean, next year's draft class is interesting, but I think I would actually rather have the fourth this year. I think, I don't know if next year's draft class looks as deep as this one did. This one has some deceptive meat on its bone, bones, in my opinion. That's yeah, I mean, it's, it's lean, but... It's a lean draft just with a lot of meat. So top tier's not there, but the second, yeah. third, fourth round, there's a ton. There's even, better even talent than other years, I think. Yeah, even some undrafted players, I think, are going to fall through the cracks this year um, in our draft. And, you know, I think the waiver wire, when it rolls around in August, when those rookies come available, um, I think there's going to be a, a decent amount of talent that you don't normally see. I think that was because of kind of the COVID year and – you know, they weren't stars that returned, but a lot of players did return. And, like, that's kind of helping to give some extra talent this year. So, mm -hmm. anything else uh, before we wrap this one up, guys? That's all I got. I'm good, too. All right, Dan, you enjoy that last drink? Because it's not closing time in your apartment, right? Even it's still. never never closing time over here it's on never the podcast nights. But we'll be, maybe we'll be back... In July. A couple weeks. Probably a couple, couple weeks, weeks, I would say. A couple weeks, we'll come up with something. So, have a good one. Stay safe. Bye.